0: Hello everyone, welcome to Women with Engineers, episode 3. Today, I will be interviewing Natasha, a strong and motivational woman with a degree in Electrical Engineering and a major in Design and Fabrication of Digital Circuit and Nanotechnology from the University of Michigan Ann Arbor. Along with her experience in Germany, United States, Singapore, France and India, her vision to create sustainable development has all contributed to her strong interest and expertise in the construction processes which she claims to do with her passion and enthusiasm, with extreme gratitude to her parents, especially her father. She believes that women have always played an important role in the growth and development of economies all over the world. Let
1: us hear what she has to say about her personal perspective. Um, Divya, I think this is an amazing uh, initiative that you've taken. Um, I'm sure this is going to help you and a lot of women, young women who are considering engineering or studying engineering or working in, in the field of engineering. Um, and maybe it will also help people who are already in engineering. So it's, it's, it's a lovely initiative that you've taken up. I'm Natasha. Um, I uh, grew up in the Middle East, in the UAE, and I went to school there. So my high school was um, in the United Arab Emirates. And then I pursued um, electronic engineering, elect- electrical electronic engineering it at the University of Michigan Ann Arbor in the United States. So I did that for um, you know four years, an undergraduate degree. Uh, and then obviously I pursued a career in it um, and then changed careers as well, which I'll tell you more about now if you wish or later. But that's a bit about my education background. Uh, when I went into study engineering, um, I knew I wanted to study engineering um, and I, like most people, I guess, I didn't know what I wanted, where I wanted to focus in terms of engineering. I I had eliminated what I didn't want to do. I knew that I didn't want to study civil engineering, for example. My father is a civil engineer. I grew up um, in an environment where we always spoke about, you know, buildings and construction. So I felt like I already knew I've heard a lot of that. I'd heard a lot of that growing up and I wasn't feeling very intrigued or challenged by it. I just felt like, yeah, I know this and I've seen construction sites and it wasn't very uh, appealing to me. So I thought I wanted to study something that uh, excited me. And I shortlisted when I was in my first year of college, where it's pretty general. You do get exposed to some engineering classes, but it's very, very general, like a base foundation, um, the first year. And then the second year in college in the United States, you have to uh, specialize and pick exactly what you want to do. So my first year, I sat in some mechanical engineering classes. I sat, in, I sat in some um, computer science and engineering and electronic engineering, and I kind of dabbled and met with a lot of people who were senior and you know understood what they were doing. Um, and obviously I got a lot of different perspective, um, but I, I I went with something that I thought uh, I enjoyed and I ended up studying um, electronics and majoring in semiconductors, uh, where I learned how to make computer chips, um, design computer chips, um, and all of that good stuff.
0: Um, what kind of exposure did you have towards engineering in high school? so like your role model i would say some anecdotes from your high school and
1: stuff like that to answer your question on what inspired me or you know what what was inspirational in school i think in school i didn't really think about engineering in high school as much i think i thought about more when i was in probably grade 10 11 12 when you're thinking of university and your next steps um prior to that i was always just encouraged and inspired, and mostly I think by my parents, to do something productive, to be productive and contribute. Um, I was made to think that, you know, you are powerful, you can do anything you want, um, but make sure you do something. Uh, Make sure you're not looking at life as just, you know, uh, I'm just, you know, going to be mediocre and I may find a job, I, I may not wanna work. That was in the thinking. When I was in the higher grades, I think I didn't have as much exposure to the outer world. I grew up in a very small town and in that town, um, you know, within my community, it wasn't very common for people to uh, send their girls out to study in the United States. So in those years, it was like, oh my God, you know what, Uh, why don't you go to college in India? Why don't you go to college in Dubai? Because that's where I grew up. Why would you go so far? So um you know in terms of perspective i went to college in 2000 and remember this conversation is happening in 1998. so in those years people you know we were more conservative parents were more conservative i'm sure some some people still have that conversation now but my inspiration i think came a lot from my parents both my parents
0: that's nice um so what were the obstacles faced by you throughout the entire course even now, as, as a woman in a male-dominated field, it can be your university, workplace, even schooling.
1: When I was in college and I started engineering, we had a class of 100 or so, 100, 120 people, out of which, for a very long time, for most of my classes, especially in electronics, we were only three girls. Yeah. So, so. We, ha- we were three girls in a class of 100 plus. So imagine the the data point I had was boys. So I didn't have a lot of data point with girls. I didn't meet girls who were equally smart with breaking things down and putting things together. I only had me as a data point where I would see hmm, I'm not very good at this Um, and I'm a bit intimidated by it. Um, And boys were like, oh, this is so fun. And I'm just like, uh, this is scary I don't know what to do <laughs> so I think if if that was to be looked at as an obstacle it was an obstacle within myself because I didn't realize my capacity I looked at it as not as hey boys are better than this than I am it was like hey they have had more experience with this uh, and I can I can be the same because I'll just get used to it so I spend more time then uh, in my of practical classes, I spend more time with some of my girlfriends friends and I actually was very verbal about it. I would be like, wow, this is so intimidating. And they were like, no, it's not like, just do this and do that. So I would be open. I wouldn't, you know, I, it's a learning process. So and I, the obstacles will come in different forms for me that maybe that's the one I remember because that was the first intimidation. But I honestly, I never ever noticed that I was one or three among three women in a class. Someone actually pointed that out to me. I never noticed it for a long time. I'd just come and I'd be so excited to be in class. And I remember one day someone made a comment that, oh, the Charlie's Angels are here. And because we were only three, I was from obviously Asia. And then we had a a girlfriend who was from China, but she grew up in the United States and there was an American girl. And we would all three sit together because we vibed really well. And I looked back and I realized, wow, it was a class of all boys and it never struck me. It, It was when someone said it to me that, you know, there are only three girls in this class. And so I also realized about myself that I didn't really discriminate in my mind because there was no like, discrimination for me. I was like, I walked into any class and I owned it as much as anyone else did or belonged there as much as anyone else did. So it was actually uh, very surprising, but it's about how, how you were conditioned. You
0: know? um, as you said about the ratio in your class, what could you think would, would be
1: the reasons for that being there? It's a variety of reasons. Um, I think it's all about what generally people think about engineering, not only women but men as well. Um, that's one um, what they think an engineering degree is like, and they all, what they think an engineering degree will result to. Um, and also, obviously, some conditioning on what I said about math and science. You know, many people opt out of it, including men because they think that, oh, I'm not good at math, I'm not good at science, I can't do engineering. Um, And obviously conditioning of your culture. Cultural conditioning across the world is another perspective that I think highly influences women um, or, or deters them from not going into engineering. So coming to like some of these main things, I think that I have personally met women in college in the first year who've said, I don't think i can do this and i think it's because maybe sometimes they're overwhelmed with the amount of men that are around you know they feel like wow there are too many men i don't see more of me which i never saw but they saw i have had girlfriends who say this is just too much there's no women here and um and then i think one perspective is women think it's very hard you know it's very difficult um it's not It's as everything that you do can be difficult or easy. It's You're going in there to learn. So these kind of factors, I think, are blocking women. But I see more and more women now, I think. And I'm sure when you go to college, you probably see that you're one of many women compared to when I went to college. And I noticed that there weren't many.
0: Society is evolving.
1: Yes, it is evolving, and I think that social media Um, You know, today, for example, Divya, you can obviously broadcast a podcast like this. Um, And who knows, you know, who may get inspired? Um, Give yourself the opportunity. What I would say is give yourself the opportunity and explore.
0: Do you think um, if there is, you can think of any, um, we can get more women into this field?
1: Each one of us has the responsibility. The only way is, you know, what is family? You know, how your conditioning is. And I also think awareness, Divya, what you're doing today by doing these interviews with women who are in engineering is going to bring a lot of awareness. There's a concept. Some people don't even know that this is an option, you know, that they just yeah. look it off and brush it off because they have this, they have this, we haven't met enough women in engineering or they have this perspective. And I think more and more young women who are in engineering. Who not necessarily have achieved you know great things like they don't have to be on the billboard so they don't have to be celebrities or you know those scientists who are well known No, that you do normal engineering jobs every day and normal women from everyday works will tell you a lot about their perspective and how much they enjoy it so i think what you're doing for example to bring awareness so for me it really boils down to awareness talking uh mentoring um for example when i was in college and I was in my second, third year, I spoke to a lot of girls who had come into their first year and was still debating whether they wanted to stay or whether they wanted to leave. And I would, I would always encourage them, one, to follow their passion. If you're really passionate about something, like you are very passionate about environmental engineering, but you're passionate about the environment. It happens to be that the course is called environmental engineering. If it was just called environmental studies, I'm sure you would still do it. And I think to drop the hype behind the word engineering is very important. Engineering does not mean it's difficult. Engineering does not mean that it's only for men. Um, and I it may me- means that it's only for the strong people. It's not, it's just a science.
0: Um, if you could uh, elaborate on some activities led by you related to women empowerment, if any.
1: I think that consciously I, What i did in college was i mentored i mentored friends i uh, mentored um you know women and girls in their first year of college um i looked around and i mentored even people who were thinking of college you know they would call me and say hey you're at university of michigan we're thinking of going there and we're not sure and blah 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 And, you know, it's a lot of that mentoring that happens a bit naturally, uh, but I would love doing it because I felt like it would help one person decide what their passion is and what they want to do. And, you know, honestly, it wasn't always about engineering. And sometimes I would tell people, are you sure you really want to do that? Because some people came conditioned from families forced to do something they didn't want to do, men and women equally. Uh, There were guys I knew who didn't want to be in engineering. They wanted to be in architecture or they wanted to be in some other fields. They wanted to not be where they are, but they're just there because of family pressure. Or there were girls who were there, were not sure whether they wanted to be engineers or something else. Achievements. Look, I haven't come up with any engineering product that is like, wow. But I feel for me, my achievements were... uh, I've done something very, you know, I've changed careers. So basically I was in electronics. I was working in um, a semiconductor company. What we did there was, um, you know, work with uh, different companies who produce computer uh, just chips, not only computer chips, but general chips, and I would work on inspecting their processes and what we could do better in terms of their manufacturing processes. Now, um, it's very surprising when you say the word achievement, for each person that's different, for me, my achievements have always been, what are my own internal obstacles and external obstacles, and how do I overcome them so that I am now uh, a more mature and, and I've grown? So I think for me, my, you know, my stepping stone achievements have been a lot of the blocks that I've broken. So for example, in my first job, I was required to travel a lot a lot within very short notices I would be moved from one client facility to the other globally. I'd come back from Singapore and my next instruction was I had to go to Korea. And I was a very, like, um, you know, proper person. I didn't want to change time zones too much. And I had to go alone into these places. I had to present alone. And these things required me not only, it didn't matter. Yes, I, you, you're you a good engineer. You know how to read your wafer. But are you capable of entering a client's office, sitting on a, like, you know, we would have two competitors, me as, as my company and another competitor. And given only a five hours live to prove to the client that my tool was better than the competitor. There was no um, opportunity, so I had to rediscover myself. But I think you know, I had the opportunity from my father, who said, look, you can join me in construction, in my business, or you can do whatever you want. You wanna start a business, you want to uh, go pursue a job somewhere, it's up to you. But he didn't tell me to come back. It was my choice. Uh, it was my choice on what I wanted from my life. I thought family really is valuable to me and I would like to spend the rest of my life closer to my family. So if I'm going to form my career base, I'd like to form it closer to where home is rather than very far from my family. So while I was discovering, like while I was trying to pick what I wanted to do, I um, joined my father's business. And um, the first thing he said to me is, okay, this could be like an internship for you. But I'm going to treat you like a normal employee, and um, you can't come to the offices. You need to start from the sites, and you will report every day at 5:30 on, const- on the construction site, and you will learn practically until you. I feel you are um, technically strong enough to come into the offices, and should you choose to, you know, work in this environment, then you're welcome. So. It's very interesting because now, once again, when I went into the construction sites and I went into the offices, my father didn't have any women in his office, any. There was no secretary, no engineer, no HR or marketing, anybody who was a woman, it was all men. Other than my elder sister, I was the second woman who was in the firm. My elder sister had chosen to join my dad. I had still not, I hadn't made my mind up whether I wanted to be in construction. But if yeah, we were just two women. And that felt really odd. Like it just, and now I was aware of it. I was like, hmm, why are there no women here? And why are no women joining construction? And that was the first time I remember thinking, wow, like uh, this is, and it was a choice of both. I think it was my dad and a lot of the men who worked in this field who didn't find women who wanted to join, even if they found women who wanted to do other tasks other than engineering, they felt a bit intimidated by the amount of men that were there. So when my sister Shalini and I joined the firm and other women saw that there are women at this firm, more and more women joined and we could attract women. And so much later in life when I formed, when I was working with my father's firm, I formed, um, I started the real estate development firm with my dad. So my dad had invested in a few lands and I said, Hey, you know, why not? I would love to develop these. And one of the, one of the achievements that I felt is I developed, uh, you know, really nice, um, you know, projects like 16 story towers and etc. And I learned along the way, I wasn't a real estate person. I knew nothing about real estate. I learned on the job. Uh, and you know, the, the beauty is if your mind's open, And you're passionate about something and i found my passion for real estate and i was like wow i love this but when i first joined construction i want to tell you this story that you'll find funny hopefully but i my first site was a site of an 80-story tower now i am scared of heights okay so i get on this 80-story tower and it's in construction so there are no elevators they're only ladders that you climb from one floor to the other So because I was on training, I had to climb those ladders to get from one floor to the other in an open construction site. So if you fall, you fall on steel. And so they were like, okay, ma'am, we're gonna go to the 33rd floor. So you take a hoist and you climb ladders. And I was just freaked out. I didn't wanna do it. I was very scared because I was scared of heights. But then I I had this pressure where everybody was looking at me like bosses, daughters here, what is she gonna do you know it was not only the girl aspect it was boss's daughter is here okay she's passing her time she'll leave and for me the pressure was no i want to prove to people this is not boss's daughter this is someone who's really really passionate i want to contribute i'm not just getting this on on a, on a silver platter you know yeah. so it's a lot of time in life you have to you have to keep working hard to reprove yourself even though i knew I did really well in my previous job. People were very proud of me. I was proud of me and I know I had the capacity, but then I I have to work hard again for people to see it. And of course we look like, we look younger, people look at you as a kid. And then of course, for some men, it's a woman factor. Like she's a girl, what's she doing here? Maybe, you know, but that didn't bother me. So I think that, you know, those kind of barriers that you break within yourself are, you know, what the world doesn't see. But what you see in yourself that's an achievement that you have been able to break a barrier and keep jumping up keep challenging yourself to be bigger and better than what you think you are what your mind tells you is not always right what you challenge your mind to is what's right so my fear was probably very small for someone else it was like you know someone else would snicker at it but for me it was big and um when when I rounded off, it took me two years on sites, et cetera, you know, training. I decided by then, you know, this is what I want to do. I want to be here. I want to help. I want to help my father. I want to be able to take his legacy forward. So then I stumbled upon real estate and I spent a huge part of my career, at least I think a good six, seven years doing property development, right from buying plots of lands to finding architects for them. Uh, architects would normally ask me when I was designing the building with them, are you an architect? They're like, you're not an architect? How do you know all this? Because I had spent time understanding. I had spent time, you know, they were very surprised that I knew so much. When I spoke to architects about how I wanted something constructed on site, they would be like, how do you know so much? And it was because I spent those years on site. As boring as it was, it paid off. So, achievements, you know, they come in many different forms and you don't know when you will form the achievement for yourself. You know, for me, Divya, after that, I won a lot of awards. In real estate, I would win awards. People would call me as the woman leader. They would invite me to talk to women, to men, to, to, you know, to facilitate me as the real estate person of the year. I won a lot of awards, but for me, are those really achievements? They're awards, I had a lot of newspaper articles, you know, people applauding. But for me, my real achievements were the barriers I broke. And so if anyone looks at achievements and is thinking of achievements, every time you're stuck, just sit with yourself and be ready to break that barrier. Don't get stuck. So that's what I would classify as an achievement. And I would encourage everybody to keep introspecting and keep pushing yourself. You know, gently take your time. There's no measure, but do it. Yeah?
0: Yeah, that was really nice and inspiring. Um, What did you enjoy the most about your
1: work? About my work? So I've done different things, right? But I think from my career, I enjoyed my real estate development stint the most. I enjoy that the most. I love creating. um, I love management. I love problem solving. I love leading a team of people and uh, I love growing people to their potential. And I like doing everything that requires uh, someone to grow a, a business or a firm or being entrepreneurial because it's not only one aspect, there are so many aspects of you know being an entrepreneur. But I like being an entrepreneur in the real estate development field because it satisfies both.
0: That's nice. Um... Some other fields of interest, such as hobbies, that have shaped you today.
1: Um, you know, I don't have uh, any specific hobby um, per se. Um, it's not there's, and I don't think that's a great thing. I think everyone should have something that they're passionate about. I was, I was always a workaholic. So I spent most of my time um, working, and you know, working long hours and pushing myself um or growing a business but one thing that i think that is not a hobby but i think deeply helped me um is the practice of breathing pranayama and meditation i think this has had a huge impact on where i am and who i am today it started with high school i i did this uh this course that teaches breathing and um, um, meditation. And I did it in high school when I was in, in, in pretty much where you are today. And I did when I did it then, I didn't know what I was getting. And um, I just did it because my dad asked me to do it. And he said it really helped him. And I did it because I was like, okay, great. This is gonna help me maybe. And I sat there. But when I got out of that course, I felt wonderful. People came up to me and said, you are different and I felt different, but I was still very young and evolving to value it. I just said, okay, it's great. I practiced it and then I fell off the bandwagon and the, the whole uh, foundation is called the Art of Living Foundation. Um, and then Divya, in college, I went through times where, you know, in engineering and other courses, not only engineering, you don't sleep, you don't, you're, out of, you're out of energy and you're tired, but in your years, you can sleep one hour in two hours and still function. Like when you when you age or you're, as you, time goes by, you can't do that. But I could do that. I could sleep one hour and function for days, one, one hour. I was very like, I didn't need sleep. Um, but at the same time, they would, day, during the day I would have dips. And I remember I would just, you know, from the practice that I'd learned, I would just pick one or two things and do it and I would feel very revived. And I'd be like, this is very interesting. I can sleep one or two hours. I can practice some of these breathing techniques randomly and still hold a lot of energy and it helped me and i was like this is good so i would pick and choose during the day things to lift my energy other than obviously the coffee stimulus and all the other stimuluses but this helped me and then for a long time i fell off the bandwagon again i didn't do it when i got into my career and stuff i would get my few hours of sleep so i was okay but when i um much later when i was back in dubai and i was in an environment where I met more people who were practicing these meditation techniques and I did them. What I noted is that it grew me from many different angles and I would, I would highly, highly, highly recommend it to youth today, to everybody. It makes you very, very in tune with yourself. It makes you intuitive, whether you realize or you don't realize. When you're sitting as an entrepreneur, a lot of times you have to make very, very quick decisions, sometimes very difficult decisions and if your environment within is balanced is peaceful you will come from a space where you make the right decisions at the right time which is very key in business and this doesn't come in a day this comes from times of practice and i just got lucky that before i became i got i got into the core of entrepreneurship I had already been practicing because I just enjoyed it and I felt it really gave me the sense of peace and calm and it also helped me learn about myself and also helped me uh, overcome my obstacles. So you know when I tell you I would introspect and come out of my, my comfort zone, a huge part of what I did there was from what I would learned from either um, you know the breathing techniques or the meditation. A lot of introspection came from being able to do all of that. So when I did sit on the entrepreneurial seat, I felt that the environment inside me, the peace inside me, the way my brain worked from doing these practices was very helpful. So it's not a hobby that I have, but it is a beautiful, beautiful technique that is so undervalued. Um, it's, it's, It's something that I would recommend that people look at as a tool in life to help them, uh, you know, with their career, with with college, with life.
0: That's great. Um, lastly, to conclude, if you'd like to give a final message to all the women or everyone who wish to pursue this field.
1: Um, yeah, so if, for anyone who'd like to pursue engineering, women and men, um, for all of them, I would say, you know, if this is your passion, if you know this is your passion, you like, you know, um, anything, forget the word engineering. Don't look at engineering. Look at what the studies offer you. If that study is offering you the knowledge of environment, if that study is offering you the knowledge of structures that interests you, you'd like to put up structures, whether you have to do it yourself or not, doesn't matter. If that education is teaching you, how to make certain formulations you may be somebody who loves wearing perfume and would like to make perfume and may decide you know what i want to learn more about chemicals i want to learn more about this and one day i want to have my own brand great go study it it's not about engineering it's not i think drop that word engineering because some people have the connotation that it is difficult it's only meant for men it you you have to be a certain type to do it so I would suggest, and I would advise, drop that word, look at what you're passionate about, and find that space, that college or that center that teaches that, that you know, aspect to you. If it's called engineering, so be it. And don't be intimidated by, you know, for women in specific, don't be intimidated by one, that you could be one of few women pursuing it. Just because other women are not pursuing it doesn't mean that you shouldn't. Right. You would probably maybe, you know, paving a path for so many other women who don't know that there is potential in this area. And God knows what you can do with it, Um, you know, and explore. Remember one thing, even if you did engineering and you didn't like it, you can always switch. You can always change. You can always do other things in life. I did. I was an electronic engineer and I ended up in real estate development. It's two very different things, but I don't regret any part of it. I enjoyed both. And I would just say, follow your passion, women. Don't look at what other people are doing. Look at what you want to do. And if you're being conditioned by anybody or any factor in your society that says that you cannot do it because you're a woman, then today you have enough examples in life to show you that you can, and a career in engineering is not going to imbalance your family life later. You're going to have a world of both beautifully and it's doable. So that would be my advice.
0: That's great. Um, Thank you for coming to this interview. Um, I hope you inspire many other people. You've already inspired me.
1: You know, it's so beautiful because time turns. As we age, we stop learning. We just get into the rut of life and try to solve problems that are coming our way. But your young energy, you learning new things is what's going to teach us what's new, what we need to do next. So we're going to be led by you.
0: I hope this podcast inspired you. Stay tuned for the next episode. Until then, don't forget to follow your passion and be positive.